Welcome to Twinning It, the podcast that delves into the nitty gritty of parenting twins. I'm Alison Perry, author of OMG It's Twins and mum of preschooler girl twins. And I'm Jenna Good, journalist and mum of toddler boy girl twins. We know what a challenge it can be to raise twins. So join us as we speak to experts and other twin mums to get answers to all of those burning questions. Welcome back to Twinning It. Today we're addressing us, the twin mums, and our sense of self after having twins. We often hear about how having one baby can be so overwhelming that mums often lose themselves in the process of caring for their little one. So it makes sense that mums of twins are likely to find this even more of a challenge. Yes, this is something that I have struggled with myself personally. So to help guide us through this and give us some much needed tips, our guest today is the brilliant Dr. Gemma. Not only is Gemma a twin mum herself, but she's also an empowerment coach and mentor for mums. Welcome to Twinning It, Gemma. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. And also, I want to say thank you for opening up this space for twin mums, because when I was initiated to the club of twin motherhood, <laughs> there was just, <laughs> there was just, it's there's nothing out there for twin mums. And Alison, your book is amazing. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> I found that so kind of comforting and reassuring because I was, that person, after the 13-week scan and we found out we had twins, I was the next day, honestly, I was on the phone to the midwives. What are twins? How do you cope with twins? I've got two older children. How is it going to work logistically? How do you feed twins? I don't know what twins are. We're like completely happy and meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> and even the Emma's, is it Emma's diary that you get? Like, yeah. That has no, no mention of twins. Like, oh. So, yeah, I just think this is just brilliant what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, oh thank do you. Know what? you. That's so, so, so good to hear. And we've had so much feedback from other twin mums saying similar. So that's so, so good to hear. I love your um, question, Gemma. What are twins? What do you do with them? Oh, twin things. It's so true. Though. Like, I, I remember having so many questions myself, just like your mind is racing when you're first told it's twins. You just think, oh my goodness, like, how do we do everything? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's it's so great to have you here today for your knowledge of empowerment, but also, you know, obviously being a twin mum yourself, you understand the pressures that we're under. It's kind of bit, it's quite specific. It's quite overwhelming. Um, and yeah, it's just brilliant to have you here to sh- share your wisdom on how on how you get through it, because actually you're not only just a mum of twins, you're a mum of four. I am. I have two older ones, too, an eight year old and a four year old. And I always said that I wasn't, I didn't think that having two under two was for me because it just looked and felt hard and I didn't. It's not for me. Yeah, it's not for me. (laughs) I didn't think I'd be able to cope with it. I should have kept my mouth shut because (laughs) two babies at the same time. Um, But yeah, um, a year in, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're still muddling through every day. And there's been moments where I've been so, so tired, like... It's been crazy and I've been in tears. Like, how do you, how are we going to get through this day? Like, can I actually do this? But yeah, we're, we're, get, we're getting there. I feel like things are like oh, starting into place. Oh, that's good to hear. So, how old are your other children? So, my son, he's eight, almost nine. And then my daughter is four, five at the end of this month. And yeah, so see, I like my age gap. And then my twins are one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no age gap there then. Um, well, I mean, aside from the, you know, the obvious age gap and non-age gap, what has been the main difference that you've found with having twins aside to having kind of different age siblings? Um, that you need to be more of an octopus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you need eyes in the back. Of, like, you just need eyes literally just fixed around your head. Eyes and arms yes, all around you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some similarities, but there's, like, some major, major differences as well. Like, getting them, I, I still haven't figured out with the sleep routine, is it easy having one baby awake and one asleep or having both at the same time? Or because I was, I remember my mom, my dad, sorry, my dad, my husband even works night shift. Sorry, twin mum brain, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> he works night shift sometimes. So there's one particular moment that really sticks in my mind and that's when they were on different sleep schedules throughout the night and literally one woke up twice the other one woke up twice and so you deal with one by the time you get back to bed and you reset your body for sleep it was time to get back up again to deal with the other one and it was just like yeah that that wasn't fun yeah, that no, that's pretty relentless, isn't and, it? And because it goes on for such a, a long time, I mean, I think our sleep deprivation was a good seven months mm-hmm. in yeah. until we really sort of figured out, you know, getting our groove with the whole sleep thing and getting longer chunks of time asleep. Um, but it then it took, while the children were asleep, it took us ages to get to sleep. Like we had like oh, some kind yeah. of new insomnia going on where our bodies just weren't used to having long periods of sleep. They just wanted to wake up all the time. So um, I found that a challenge as well. But um, it sounds like a year in now, hopefully you're getting a bit more sleep. But- we are, but I'm just waiting for it to all go, like some kind of sleep regression to hit. You know, when everything's kind of, no. everything yeah. starts to fit together, then all of a sudden, like a rocket just yeah. Yeah, hits. You feel like you can't relax because as soon as you do, it will get the carpet will come from under your feet. Yes, I know that feeling. But <laughs> I think I think it, you know, it does get better. And um, I do feel like once you manage to get them to nap at the same time and for like more than half an hour, <laughs> then, you know, you actually start to get a bit of a breather. Yes. Um, and then they drop the naps. Sorry to be the voice oh. of doom, but then they drop the naps. Yeah. My, mine are, have just turned three and they're still fully in nap zone. Oh, nice. um, they don't always nap at nursery now, but um, at home, I mean, I'm quite regimented with our routine, probably a bit too much, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, but I find it's the only way that I can cope with life, um, <laughs> just knowing that I'm going to get that hour or two of recalibration. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Do what you've got to do, honestly. Mm, yeah. um, now, Gemma, your podcast and your Instagram page, I find so inspiring. Um, for anyone who hasn't listened to your podcast or come across you on Instagram, can you explain a little bit about what you do? So I'm a holistic empowerment coach for mums, really helping them to connect themselves with their passion their purpose and their identity beyond motherhood I think some mums find um, motherhood disempowering whereas I'm of the um, perspective that actually it can be very empowering it can open up so many different opportunities so many different doorways Um, but at the same time we can get very lost in motherhood we can fall to the bottom of the priority list and I'm really about encouraging mums to reconnect to who they are reconnect with their confidence with their joy and their fulfillment whilst balancing motherhood as well because it is possible you can be an awesome mum but still aspire for more like motherhood isn't 
the beginning and end of you, there was someone before you, before you became a parent and she's important too. She still exists. And it's just about kind of digging her out again from the layers and layers of motherhood. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I hear you. Um, what made you want to kind of focus on that and, you know, really kind of help mums with, with like their wellness? From my own experience, really, um, when I was pregnant with my second um, child, I was doing my coaching certification um, and then trying to set up my coaching business whilst I was like breastfeeding and in the kind of the thick of newborn life with her. Um, and I felt not resentful at her, obviously, um, but resentful of the situation because I couldn't mm. do anything. Um, and I just felt very stagnant. I fell into a comparison trap, seeing all these amazing other coaches and female leaders launching all these amazing, like, I don't know, six-figure businesses and set-up launches and this, that, and the other. And I was just, yeah, I just wasn't able to do that because I didn't have the, the time. I didn't have the energy um, to do that. And um, I just went down a bit of a a bit of a hole really um mm. of feeling stuck um and kind of lost my weight a little bit but um when I did find those pockets of time for me to study for my certification or work on my business it may have been like late at night it may have been after the last kind of night feed um I just found that I felt really kind of I don't know confident like I was I felt like me I felt I reconnected for myself I felt purposeful outside of motherhood um and yeah that that kind of saved me a little bit especially in those newborn days yeah it's interesting isn't it how work when you've got little children can feel like not not a rest as such but it's just an escape isn't it and you're just it's does feel like a rest, Jenna. It does feel like okay, a rest. It's a rest, but I didn't want to say that because, you know, people do work very hard as well at work. But, um, yeah, I just think it, it's an escape from, you know, the regularity of everything and the relentlessness and the mundane jobs that you have to do that don't necessarily get recognised by anybody, that, but you're doing them all day long. Yeah. So, yeah, I can absolutely understand where you're coming from with that. Um, and I've noticed in one of your podcasts, I really enjoyed this episode you did on um, morning routines and how important a morning routine is. And okay, so my morning routine is um, I kind of wake up and uh, look at the monitor. If they're still asleep, then I will try and sleep for as long as I can. And then I'll pick up my phone and start scrolling, mm-hmm. you know, just absent mindedly, just, Whoa. and then they'll, st- then they'll start getting up and then I'll drag myself out of bed. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, none of that is probably a very good way to start the day. Um, Would you suggest that, you know, getting up an hour earlier and doing a yoga session or doing something else, something different to that Mm -hmm. would be better and much more beneficial? Because you you actually have a very different morning routine, even though you've got all those children to look after. (laughs) (laughs) Tell tell us about your morning routine as well, Gemma. Three kids, my morning routine was this very kind of convoluted, well-oiled kind of seven step ritual of kind of meditating yoga like planning my day um like this very beautiful kind of instagram worthy routine since having kids it's very much changed but i still make time for myself because i found that i need it's not necessarily what i it's not necessarily what i do in that time it's having that buffer between when i wake up and when my kids wake up um 
just having that headspace to kind of ground myself in the day, into the day and just anchor myself before the kids kind of come in, come downstairs and like, you, you just feel like you've been spat out by a washing machine, right? Because it's just, yeah. I can't deal with it. I need to kind of ease myself into the day rather than, rather than being thrown into it. So yeah, um, it looks different every single day. I think the word routine can sometimes be associated with like negative connotations. Like it has to be the same thing all the time. It can't change. It has to be at the same time every day. Um, but for months that doesn't work because our kids aren't robot, aren't robots. We can't program them to wake up at a certain time or do a certain thing so we can get through this kind of regimented morning routine. So now I, I wake up. It might be, I might get 20 minutes. I might get 45 minutes. I might get an hour, but whatever time I have, I now ask myself, what is it that I need? And that kind of alleviates that pressure of having to do something or having to have some kind of routine so I might read my book very into reading at the moment um always have to have a to-do list on the go that's like a must so my head is kind of clear and not so kind of mum foggy um and I might do a workout it very depends on what I feel but it's not like this convoluted well-oiled machine of a routine and even like sometimes I might meditate in bed with my four-year-old wrapped around me like a koala bear like it's not this beautiful perfect thing and it doesn't have to be it just has to be something for you and even in those early days of the twins when they were newborns and they were on a feeding schedule and we were all sleep deprived and um I still made time for myself because that is my precious time in my day. That's the only time in my day where I really got to like switch off from being mum and I could be me other than being asleep. But that's, that's not really like the same. Um, but yeah, um, so time for me, time in my own space with my own thoughts. Um, so even when I was really sleep deprived, I still made time for myself um and that really helped me get get through the day yeah that's so interesting like how how did you actually do that because I remember when I had newborn twins literally the only time I had for myself was a two-minute shower I think Mm. um like how did you actually carve that out and what did it look like um some sometimes it was like ridiculously early if I'm honest and I'm not saying like this is easy like sometimes Mm. I have to drag myself out but Sometimes, like, after, like, a 5 a.m. Um, feed, I just couldn't get back to sleep. So rather than just kind of staring up at the ceiling, I thought, well, I might as well just go and do, like, read a book. Or just sit there, just lie on the sofa. I think sometimes we always assume that self-care or looking after yourself has to be doing something. But sometimes self-care can just be doing nothing, and that's okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, but a shower, that I, I know some people, like, it actually really gets on my nerves a little bit when I see those quotes on Instagram saying, oh, a shower isn't self-care. Mm. <laughs> a self, self-care can be whatever it is that you want it to be. We're all individuals. It's making you feel good. Yeah. yeah. If it makes you feel good, and in those, with twins, in those kind of newborn hazy days, my shower was, again, time for me. And I think you have to take what you can get, Right. So, yeah, exactly. and yes, you deserve more. You deserve to be relaxing on a beach somewhere or some yoga retreat. But realistically, that's not going to happen when you've got newborn twins. 
So kind of redefining what self-care looks like, and it doesn't have to look like that forever. It can change. Um, Yeah, when you've got more time, it will change. But I think, yeah, a shower is fine. Having like a cup of tea, like hydrating yourself, making sure you go to the toilet when you need to go and not holding on for like hours, Um, making sure you have like a nourishing breakfast. That for me really tuning into those basics and making sure I was getting those ticked off was my self-care in those days as well, because they're really important. I guess it's also not always what it is that you're doing, but it's like the intent behind it. It's like you're showing yourself that you're worthy of this cup of tea, of this time alone to do nothing and to think. I'm slowly getting this now. (laughs) Maybe I can learn to rest. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's so true. And actually listening to you talking, Gemma, is making me think maybe I need to do that, get up because we kind of get up into chaos. My twins wake up at like 6am, but quite often they're awake before that. They've got one of those grow clocks um, that changes at 6am so they know they can get up. But quite often they're awake at like 5 Um but I'm thinking maybe I need to set my alarm for five and get up and just put my trainers on and go out for like a run or a walk or just something mm-hmm. so that I'm starting the day you know, with a bit of intent and a bit of looking after myself. Yeah. What time does your alarm go off in the morning, Gemma? Around half, about 5.30 because my eldest twin still wakes up for a feed around that time. Although the past couple of weeks she hasn't been, but because my body's primed to be up at that time, Mm. I'm just up naturally at that time. I hope it changes (laughs) because by like 8pm I'm kind of, flat out on the sofa fast asleep trying to watch something with my husband he turns around to talk to me and I'm just yeah I'm just not there that is me that is exactly what happens in our house (laughs) yeah it's not Netflix and chill is it it's Netflix and just pass out (laughs) yeah I'm done that's so true I wonder how many twin mums listening are like yep that's me (laughs) um so let's talk about our sense of identity um because it can really take a bashing can't it when we have got a baby and even more so when we have twins um what was your experience um of this like Gemma um hard because well with one child it's it's hard with two with multiples it's even harder because it's just constant isn't it this kind of conveyor belt of tasks and things and cycles that you have to get through for them um and there's little space for yourself um and that's why my kind of morning bit of time for me was really important um but yeah I with the twin mum thing I I I'd say I struggled in those early days um because it was, it was really frustrating. Like, why can I not just find, like, 10, other than in the morning, why can I not just find, like, 10 minutes just for me? Or why, you know, why are the dishes piled up? Why is the laundry pile so high? Why can, why can I not just, like, it's not difficult. Like, this is, these are simple tasks, but why can I not get these things done? Um, yeah. But, yeah, my loss of identity, I think my identity very much got tied into those mundane kind of, mum things and I wasn't tapping into what brings me joy it was very much about them and I think that's very common for for all mums whether you've got twins or not but I think with multiple multiples it is very hard so 
um, going out for walks. I don't know why, but I love pushing a pram. I, I just love that kind of pushing a pram. I don't know why, but um, getting out for walks um, and having a podcast on would, would be my kind of treat yeah. um, in the middle of the day. Um, but yeah, the simple things can really help you reconnect back to self and being out in nature um is definitely one for me yeah Gemma did you did you struggle with this when when your twins were born yeah I mean it's all so foggy now I can't really remember the early days that much I was out pushing the buggy a lot like you say um especially to try and get them to nap at the same time and I did I do remember listening to podcasts a lot and and that feeling like you know a bit of headspace I used to feel like my buggy was like a Zimmer frame because it would like just be holding me up as I was <laughs> walking you along. up <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, because then I remember when I first went out with a friend without the buggy, I was finding it hard to walk because I was used to, you know, <laughs> being in that position. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, and I think, I mean, we're three years in now, and I guess I'm I'm slowly starting to find myself again, even though that sounds really cheesy. But, um, you know, just getting interested in different clothes again and just sort of figuring out, you know, who are what I want to look like as a mum it's funny and isn't it and how you want to get back into that yeah I, mm. I feel a bit like it's almost like like refinding your identity it comes in kind of stages you've got that initial thing where you almost come out of that newborn fog and you can get out into the world and you feel like you're part of civilization again but then yeah. I do think when your kids when your twins or when your when your baby hits three four even up to five you can then feel a bit like I know this from having older children and Gemma you might have experienced this kind of again you feel like you're coming out into the real world like oh we can we can like do things that our friends are doing again and we can I don't know like really daft things like we haven't ever taken our twins to like like a festival like camp festival or anything we did that when we had like one baby we did that. Um, and now I'm like, oh, maybe we can do that kind of thing again. And it feels like, I don't know, like a weight has lifted from my shoulders. Like, oh, no, we can yeah. do things like that again. Mm-hmm. You know, we can work out what we're like as a family, where we go and what we do. And it's quite, mm-hmm. it's kind of an, a, quite an amazing feeling. It's yeah. like I'm putting pieces of a jigsaw back together, isn't it? It's kind mm-hmm. of incremental, like with each stage you go through, you get a piece of the jigsaw just to put back in place. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, what, what, if someone's listening and they feel like they're right in that kind of place where they've lost themselves, what can they do to kind of reclaim themselves a bit? Is there anything that they can tell themselves or do to kind of help? I would say find, just reconnect with what brings you joy. Like really f- go back and remember before the kind of, Baby Hayes kind of kicked in. What is it that made you feel alive? What is it that you made you feel joyful? Um, and reconnect with that and give yourself just 10 minutes in your day to do just that. Whether it's, I don't know, go for a walk or listen to a podcast or listen to your favorite songs or reading a few pages of your book, whatever it is, it can look very different for everyone. Just do that and that is your pocket of time to be you and dissociate from being mum, from being, you know, dealing with the house and, and all that kind of stuff. That that's your sacred time just for you and you alone. And I think when you detach yourself from everything else, 
you do feel more connected to you and who you are in that moment because you all the other noise is gone and that's I think there's a lot of guilt that can be felt by mums for taking some time out for themselves um but I think you have to remember that by you taking time out for you it means that you can give back to them too it's that ripple effect you're going to be more balanced more calm um more grounded um more refreshed you're gonna have a little bit more energy and you probably need like a run a two-hour nap but if you <laughs> but, yeah. but if you can just have like 10 minutes and then as you move through the phases you can add to that and add to that and you know like I said putting those little jigsaw pieces back together it's a incremental process um I think people when they think about looking after themselves they try and go all in but as mums we don't have that space and that time to go all in so you have to take baby steps and make it achievable and realistic because if it's not going to fit in your life then you're not going to do it you'll lose motivation and you'll stay stuck in the same place unfortunately so start small and yeah and you can build up as you go along I like that that's really good advice um and also there seems to be quite a lot of emphasis everywhere kind of being put on getting back to um you know how you look and feel pre-baby um but you know from what you're saying change is inevitable um, you know, when you become a mum, we're going to become like a different version of ourselves. So, so do you think that we should focus more on like working out who this new version of ourselves and cultivating that new version of ourselves is rather than worrying about getting back to the pre-baby days? Exactly that. Of course, you're going to be a whole new person. You know, your priorities have shifted. You've got this small person to look after. Um, I think there is a bit of a grieving process that you go through when you think about the person you were and the version of yourself now. Um, but yeah, like really, I mean, you can't really fit a round peg into a square hole, right? You, you, you're, a different person of course you are going to be um and trying to live your life like you haven't got a child um I think that's when you you start to struggle um because you're res- you're kind of resisting the change instead of just going with it um so yeah I mean it's finding a whole new way of living um, you're becoming, you know, you become a whole new person. And rather than trying to resist that, embracing it, mm. it may not come immediately, but take it slow. And once you do embrace who you are as a mum, things do become a lot easier and a lot softer and you're a bit more compassionate to yourself. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It actually feels like kind of relieving the stress of, you know, fighting against it as well just feels quite restful in itself just you know just go with it this is this is the new normal so you've just got to work around it and like you say you know you had your four-year-old clung to you when you were trying to meditate it's just still trying to fit those small little pieces of the puzzle back when you can um just going back to rest so Alison recently told me that she was um chilling out watching tv in the middle of the day and I was horrified (laughs) Can I just um, say, I was, I was pearly. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> really well. that's quite an important part of the, of the story, Jenna. I wasn't just like feet up on the sofa watching Sex and the City because I felt like it. 
<laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, she she wasn't very well. But I still found it quite a shock that she was able to do that. If if it was me, I just, even if I'm not well, as I am actually not feeling that well today, as you could probably hear, I still just get on with it. Um, mostly because, not because I'm a martyr, but because I feel guilty mm-hmm. and it feels like frivolous and I just, it feels alien to actually just give in to the rest that I probably need. Um, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, I mean, Alison has said that she's had to learn to do this. So it's not like it's come naturally to you either, has it, Alison? No, I'm quite proud of my ability to rest, actually. But I feel like for me, so I've got friends who have said that they can't sit still and that they watch their mums busy about constantly. And I just feel like, I mean, maybe I'm just like kidding myself and this is the, the lie I tell myself, the excuse I give myself. But I do feel like it's important to model rest to my children that I'm not this mother figure who's constantly on the go. Like I want them to be able to chill out and rest too. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think there's lots of generational conditioning that says that in order to be of importance, significant, impactful and value in this world, we have to be doing all the time. We have to be productive all the time. Like our self-worth is tied to how productive we are. But that's not true at all. Rest is productive. When you're resting, you're recharging your batteries. Um, I find that if I take a break from, from working, um, I come back with more, with more focus, more inspiration. And actually there's no point in pushing and pushing if you want, you know, if your brain's not in it, if you're tired, um, because you just, the quality of work that you're going to produce just isn't going to be the same compared to when you are well rested because your brain is focused. Your brain needs to switch off in order to recharge and, you know, find clarity and really kind of concentrate on what it is that you're doing. So it really is important that you do rest in whatever shape or form that looks like. Um, But yeah, I do get the whole kind of, oh, I'm sitting here watching TV, but actually I should be folding the laundry or or doing something. It is is hard um, to just switch off. But I think with lots of practice, it does get easier. Mm. Have you practiced a lot then, Alison? Is that why you find it so easy? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just feel like, you know what? I've listened to so many podcasts and read so many books by, you know, people as wise as Dr. Gemma. And I just think that it's something that I have thought a lot about. And yeah, it's not that I've practiced it. I just feel like it's something that I've, I've worked out. Actually, this is what something that I need. And like Gemma says, it make it, it definitely makes me more productive in the long run if I take a bit of time out. If I'm not feeling it, I'll just be like, Do you know what? I'm just gonna, you know, read my book for I mean the the reading the book thing as well, Jenna, you've been just like, When do you get to read books during the day? I'll just say, if my twins are just like sitting watching something on their iPad or they're playing a game together, I'll pick my book up and just read it for like ten minutes. I just think it's really a really good thing to do. And what about if you get a little voice in your head that says, go and do the washing up. You need to put the stuff in the dishwasher. Do you just go, no, shush, I'm reading. I think it depends, really. I might be like, oh, I better go and do that. And then I'll come back <laughs> to my book. But um, sometimes I'll just be like, nah, it can wait. 
so chilled. Love it. It's always going to be waiting there for you, to be fair. So exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, which leads us on nicely to my next question for you, Gemma, which is all about the mental load. Um, it's such a big issue, and it can be so draining and so overwhelming, and it can really take the enjoyment out of being a mum. Do you have any good tips for staying on top of things? Oh, it's exhausting, isn't it? Just thinking about it. Just, yeah. Just, <laughs> Face plant into Mike. Oh, it's just this never-ending um, kind of list of tasks and things to mm. do. Um, I think, for me, since becoming a mum, there's one quote that really sticks with me, and that is, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. And it's so true. You cannot do everything as much as you want to. You might have the best intentions to try and do everything, but you, but physically, energetically, you you just can't. It's not possible. Um, So being kind to yourself and tapping into self compassion and knowing that you're doing the best with what you've got, and that's all you can do. Just know that you are doing your best, and some days you might rock that to-do list other days you you might only get a few things on that to-do list done and but that's okay it doesn't make you any less a a mum it doesn't make you um unworthy to be a mum it's just that's just the way it is and being accepting of that can really help you navigate those kind of inner critic moments because when we're not being productive because of what society tells us what productive should look like, that inner critic dials up the volume and we do have a negativity bias. We're naturally wired to focus on the negative. So say you had, I don't know, 20 things on the to-do list and you've got 15 of those things done, you will focus on the five things that you didn't get done and use it as a stick to beat yourself up with. That's um, so true. Yeah. So, yeah, just be more self-compassionate and just know that you're doing yeah. your best. I sometimes feel like having a to-do list is, like, bad for your mental health. I wish there was another way of, like, having a list but not a to-do list. I don't know, something that's, like, less mean because there's always <laughs> things there at the end of the day that haven't been done. And you're right, you just look at that and go, oh, I haven't done enough today when, you know, you have done loads of things. And most of the time a lot of things on your to-do list take a lot longer than you anticipate. Um, you know, calling the doctor can take you two hours. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of them. Um, I'm a big fan of putting things on my to-do list that I've already done. I love <laughs> putting things down and then being like, oh, tick, 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 tick. It's <laughs> great. I'm a big fan of moving things from one day on my to-do list to the next day. Always oh, I'll just move that one to always. Yeah. Well, it's reprogramming, Jenna. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. I'm actually a big fan of a to-do list. So if you feel yeah. like you're having a really sluggish and unproductive day, at the end of the day, just literally write down each and every little thing, the mundane list of things that you've got done that day, and you'll probably fill an A4 page. Um, yeah. and you'll feel super productive at the end of it. That's such yeah. a good tip. Definitely. Do you find, um, Gemma, in the work that you do, that mums talk about mental load a lot and, and also feel like they're doing more than their fair share or do they seem to be quite okay with what they're doing? And um, I think it differs. I mean, yeah, the majority do come to me saying, like, it's a lot. Like, there's a lot going on. I feel like I'm suffocating. I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm overwhelmed by it all. I feel like I'm, like, there's a lot on me. 
Um, And that's a lot to take responsibility for, right? Um, Which is why, I think I read a quote in a while ago that um, like mums work a 98-hour week or something. Don't quote me on that, but it was was something like that. Um, So more now than ever, we need to be taking care of ourselves, you know? Um, So yeah, I think a lot of mums, and in my experience with my clients, they are feeling that motherhood, especially in the world that we live in today, is a lot because a lot of mums don't have that family support. Like families move away. Um, In yesteryear, like you might have, you know, family close by or family living with you. Um, and childcare is just ridiculously expensive. So that's not an option for some people. Like some people are really in the thick of it. Um, and that mental load is just weighing them down. Yeah. I have to say when I, when I meet up with like my school mum friends, 90% of the conversation is around the mental load and usually moaning about their husbands and how they're doing nothing. (laughs) I did. I didn't want to say it, but it, it, I mean, in the kind of typical setup, if like you know, the man is off to work mm-hmm. and they're bringing in the cash, um, you know, <laughs> bringing home the bacon. <laughs> in in the typical you know formula, um, it you do feel like you have to take it all on, all the other stuff mm-hmm. to take it off their shoulders. But then, you know, there needs to be a bit more of a balance, really, doesn't there? And it's, it's, it's quite hard to find that balance. I think it is because sometimes when my husband comes in through the door, he has a highly pressurised job. He works at the NHS. Um, and yeah, he comes through the door and I'm handing over the children to him, forgetting that he's just done a day at work. I'm yeah, 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 like you've had a rest. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it is, it's really hard to get. It's a fine line, isn't it? Um, and sometimes you do feel like you're, doing even like the littlest of things for everyone um and you're thinking for every single person in the house like even like putting someone's shoes away like like you're doing like the smallest thing or someone's left the light on it's you that's turning the light switch off um yeah it's it's hard and I think it's probably a very kind of heightened discussion in many households up and down the country yeah that's so true. I, f- I feel like I recommend this book a lot, um, but there's a book called Fair Play by an author called Eve Rodsky, and it is really worth mm-hmm. a read. And it, she Ooh. basically talks you through the mental load and um, gives you a whole exercise that you can do with your partner to not make things even, because her whole thing is, like we're talking about different different pressures, different jobs, different workloads, but to make it fair so it's it's really really good so I definitely recommend anyone listening who's like struggling with the mental load that's a good one it's a good one to read um but mum guilt we've mentioned mum guilt already Gemma um it's kind of become a bit like self-care it's become a bit of of a cliche like we talk about mum guilt but it really is something that so many of us suffer from like I was going to say on a daily basis but actually multiple times a day um what should we do when those feelings surface I think mum guilt could just go and do one. <laughs> I think, uh-huh. quite honestly, it, oh, it's, all, it's awful when you're in that kind of sinking feeling of, oh, I'm prioritising something that I want to do, um, but I've got all this other stuff that needs doing or my child needs this or, or something. Like even sometimes spending money on yourself 
can bring in, you know, pangs of mum guilt. Um, but I just, I think a lot of mum guilt can come down to not knowing your value, not knowing how worthy and deserving you are to be doing the thing that you are doing. Um, and also, remember by, you know, that, like I said, that ripple effect, by doing something for yourself allows you to be there for the ones that you love. So really put emphasis on it's not just about me, it's about them too. Um, and also it's, if prioritising yourself, that kind of terminology doesn't sit well with you, think about it as it's me too. You're including yourself in that care that you give to so many people so freely and so often. You deserve the same love, respect, attention that you give to everyone else as well. Um, and just, yeah, just remembering that you are deserving, you are worthy, um, can really help kind of move through that that mum guilt, I think. Yeah. yeah, that's that's so true. But as you were saying that, like it did sit better, like the whole me as well. It just is easier to digest, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So like we talk a lot as well about, you know, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. Are there any shoulds that you think that twin mums in particular can just let go of? Um, lots of societal standards of what being a mum should look like. Like you must have a tidy home at all times um that kind of thing um else just the expectations that society puts on motherhood um and it's this kind of perfect thing but it's not perfect you don't have to love every moment of motherhood there's certain moments that I particularly don't enjoy um like the bedtime routine is oh. I find it horrendous. Like I've, I've never. In, it sounds really bad, doesn't it? But I've never re- really enjoyed it because I'm tired That's okay. by that time yeah. of day. Yeah, and they're tired by that time of day, and we're both just kind of like treading on eggshells, and it's just yeah. yeah. And I, I just feel like I'm getting through some kind of to do list um, to get oh. them to bed, <laughs> and then the relief yeah. comes when they're finally asleep. Um, but yeah, you don't have to enjoy every part of motherhood. Mm. Cherish the parts that you do enjoy. And just kind of tolerate the rest. <laughs> yeah, so that's I feel like actually, I feel like bedtime with twins is a whole episode in itself. Yeah. To be honest, because yeah. I think it is. It must be very different to you know what I imagine it is with singletons. Mm-hmm. I imagine with singletons, it's a bit more restful. With twins, it's chaos. Um, and I, well, with my twins, it is. I, you know, I shouldn't generalize, but you know, I, have, I have heard people say that they they separate their twins and get them ready separately for bed yeah. to keep things calmer because. Like you say, like you've just got to the end of the day and it's almost like you, you and the children are coming at it from completely opposite um, directions. You're wanting to wind it down and they're wanting to like wind yeah. it up so that they don't have to go to bed. So you're at this kind of like loggerheads mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, who's going to win basically. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And I think you lose all tolerance as well and all patience. Yeah, that by, by that point you're just over it, aren't you? And you're like, oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is my time now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Gemma, can I just say, I really want you to make a mug and sell it on your website, which says cherish the moments that you enjoy and tolerate the rest. I feel like that is the motivational motherhood quote we all need. 
Let's do that. Let's get a range up. T-shirts, tote bags, everything. Especially for twin mums. (laughs) Honestly, that speaks to me. It speaks to me. Um, Lastly, Gemma, um, this is obviously a huge subject, but what would the main piece of advice that you'd offer up to a twin mum who might be listening today? Just know that even though it feels hard, it's because it is hard, but know that you're doing your best. You're showing up for your... Two babies, not one, but two babies. And yeah, that's, that's hard, but you are showing up for them. And remember just to show up for yourself as well. That's really oh, good. Yeah. Also, I would add to that as well because some, sometimes it's so easy to get sucked into the nitty gritty of like the daily grind of of twin pe- parenthood. And so every now and again, like my mum or somebody will say to me, "Oh, you're doing like my mum usually." It's a, it's a real mum thing to say. Oh, you're doing so well. Like your girls are so lovely. You've done. You're doing such a good job. And it almost like, allows Aww. me to take a step back and go, "Oh yeah, everyone's okay. Everyone's happy. Everyone's healthy." we're doing okay and so I think sometimes just taking that step back can really help it's so lovely when someone says something like that to you isn't it I don't think people realize the impact of saying something like that yes and I find it so much more encouraging than oh you've got your hands full yes it winds me up (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes obviously I didn't mind like in the beginning because it was all new and novel but honestly me and my husband and I were just like (laughs) yeah I'm like how is that adding to my day how is that adding to yours and sometimes they're not even stopping to engage in conversation they just say it and just walk off I'm like okay There's definitely what? a business idea in this, a twin twin mum T-shirt that says, instead of telling me I've got my hands full, tell me I'm doing a great job. Thank you and goodbye. Or take, <laughs> take one of my children off me for like a minute, you know, help me. Free oh, Alison, hands. I don't know about that. Yeah, free <laughs> my hands. Uh, honestly, if I had a pound for every time I'd heard, like, you've got your hands full over the past year, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah, it's insane, isn't it? Oh, well, thank you so, so much for your time today. It's been really amazing and inspiring speaking to you. And I know what you've said will really resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Especially me. There's a few things definitely that you've you've said. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of scribble down some notes and make a few changes. Um, Before we go, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please follow, rate and review us. And Gemma, can you let our listeners know where we can find more from you? You can head over to my website, which is www.drgemma.co.uk. Um, and I spend far too long on Instagram, like so much time <laughs> over there. And I'm underscore Gemma, And I have a podcast for the Me Clearing World podcast as well. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Gemma. Fantastic. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing.